8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. Lots of people listening to that uh, chat with uh, my uh, Big hitter, Julius Garvey, the big hitter, uh, and I think largely supportive. Of course, people will have contrary views, as we've just heard earlier on. But uh, thought-provoking, absolutely thought-provoking, making some really important points about it. I'll try and get uh, Ben just to sort out some of the SMSs so I can read them as well uh, in just a moment. Uh, But continue tweeting as well if you have further thoughts on what was said. You know, what for you was the highlight in terms of a point he made? What have you learned? What would you like to tell other people? Because, you know, Go and tell someone what would what is the one thing out of that interview you'd like to tell somebody else who disappointingly missed it. Well, one is they should not miss it, but fine. Besides that, what else would you like to say? Uh, we'll have a podcast up of that interview tomorrow. It should be out, I think, before lunch. Look out for it on the SAFM Radio website, so SAFM.co.za. But also, you can uh, you can certainly um, follow me on Twitter because as soon as it comes through, I will I will tag. Well, tag that particular link to the website. Let's uh, let's move on then to other things, and, and and this is an important one. It's really interesting around uh, the issue of uh, mining. So you know, South Africa largely historically has been a mining country, uh, but all and you know, therefore, there's so many people who are employed in that mining space. But the bigger question is, one is employment. Just what sort of earnings do they get, whatever that may be? But on the other hand, the issues of earnings versus risk, there's a sense that um, largely it's it's hugely problematic in terms of the risks they take of people actually working the mines and trying to get the balance right between what's more important, what isn't. Yesterday, of course, the gold mining companies tabled their three-year wage proposals ranging from 5.5% and 65 for the underground employees and between 3 and 4.5% for miners, artisans as well as officials. Now, wage negotiations between four of the world of the biggest gold producers and workers unions continue at this uh, centralized collective bargaining forum. Uh, and we thought, let's talk about that, the wages. and the So is the wages big enough? Is it high enough? But how does that compare to the risks they take? That means what price the risks of actually working a mine? Let's get uh, let's get some guests on this issue. We'll be joined hopefully by a representative from AMCO as well later on. Uh, but for now, uh, Libuani uh, Mamburu is the NUM national spokesperson. Good evening and good chatting to you. And thanks for your time. Uh, good evening, Asraf and the listeners of uh, SFM. All right. So perhaps some some background in terms of that that opening question that you know we could talk about the specifics of negotiations or that that comes up just now. But for now, the the thought of Whatever mine workers earn, you know, how does that compare with the risks that is inherent in the work that they that they do? Um, Asaf, uh, mine workers still are still earning a little um, uh, compared to the risk that they take underground when they are working deep below the surface of this AS. Um, um, it's nothing compared uh, to the risk. Well, um, that that they are taking underground. You might have seen a lot of fatalities that are happening recently in the mining industry in South Africa. I mean, it's already more than 50 fatalities here since January up to so far. So, as the NEM whistle that uh, mine makers are still, end, uh, still 
being paid uh, and nothing. Um, uh, I, I was just checking the uh, basic salaries, uh, uh, current basic salaries, is between six and seven uh, thousand, and then uh, and in that basic salary, um, uh, you still you're still going to you still going to deduct uh, money for for money for the for the UIF and and, and other benefits. I mean. The net pay goes down very, very low, and that is why, as the NEM, we are demanding um, uh, 9,500 for the surface workers, uh, 10,500 for the underground workers, and uh, 15,000 across the board for the miners, artisans, and officials. Okay, and and you know whatever the the debate around the monies are concerned, I mean, there's there's been an ongoing debate around you know minimum wage and maximums in terms of where where this overall goes. I just want to bring up the issue of safety. Share with us the issues of the the risks involved when when miners go underground. No, not definitely. Like I, I mentioned that uh, uh, with, with fatalities, um, uh, the um, more than 50 uh, um, since January up to so far. Today there was a fatality at Sepong Mine, which is um, a Harmony Mine. You might have seen also the five fatalities at um, PMC, which is Palawura Copper Mine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's and the surprising thing um, is that um, all these fatalities, uh, which is really surprising, all mining companies are quick to say it's a fall of ground. Even even before the Department of Mineral Resources Inspectorate called investigate, including the fatality that happened today at Sepong Mine in the in Belcom. Um, we're very surprised that many companies are quick to see the sort of ground, and then DMR uh, has not investigated. So we don't know what, uh, why they are quick to announce without the investigation. But the risk of working underground are very high, uh, Ashraf, and uh, and um, and mine workers are not being compensated for those risks. Uh, of, of working underground where it's extremely dangerous. So what what should happen? What would be so outside of salary? I mean, because I mean, salary is one thing, right? Then you say because you could get a person working an office job upstairs, for example. Then you say miners actually go underground. So whatever the salaries, how then do you compensate? What is an adequate compensation in terms of let's call it risk wages, which would not apply to me. It'll apply to the miners only because of what they do. Now, also, uh, they must consider the, the, the working conditions. Mining companies must consider the working conditions where um, the mine makers are working. And um, it's, 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 the working conditions are a serious risk, but at the moment, uh, they are not being compensated. Which you see, every time when there are wage negotiations, mining companies are quick to say, that um, we've got uh, challenges that we're facing, like the gold sector in the Central Africa is a sunset, the mines are deep, they talk about labor costs, that they are high, the issues of affordability, but post uh, wage negotiations, you will see 
uh, companies uh, declaring uh, dividends and profits. And uh, the only people who are being paid high salaries are the executives, and then you see CEOs being paid close to 64 million, uh, one individual, which is uh, ridiculous. And, and then uh, we just sick and tired of, 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 of gold producers every time when they were in negotiations. They will sing the same songs of issues that I mentioned that um, uh, the mines are deep, it's difficult um, uh, to mine. And then, uh, whereas mine workers are still in uh, poverty, like I can give an example, since 1871, we shouldn't have been seeing a situation since 1871, gold was discovered in South Africa. We still see a situation where, especially black mine workers, are still being paid uh, poverty wages. All right, let's let's then talk about um, the the flip side of it. That obviously. There, there must be increased checks and balances now uh, put in place by by government in terms of the overall safety of of miners. Right? Um, are you happy with the the overall checks and balances? But at the same time, are aware that it is a risky business. Like you know, uh, if you were a, uh, a motor racing driver, no matter what the checks and balances are, it is far riskier than not being a motor racing driver. Are, are you happy with the checks and balances in terms of uh, the rules around mining safety in our country? No, Ashraf. Um, we still see a situation where um, uh, every time when there's a fatality in the mining industry. The DMR inspectorate will be informed, but um, they will come and do the investigation, um, and then uh, nothing happens after the investigation has been done, um, whether there's a negligence or not. Uh, you find a situation where even if there's a negligence, uh, no one, no one is being held responsible. I'm in Section 92 of the Mine Health and Safety Act. Uh, does allow um, the government uh, to take action against an owner who is trying to be negligent. Uh, I mean, they can be fined for a, for three million, and also they can be sentenced for a, a minimum period of five years. It must not exceed the act says that it must not exceed five years, and that is where, as the National Union of Mine Workers, we feel that. Uh, Section 92 of the Mine Health and Safety Act must be um, amended so that um, uh, we see a situation where owners of the mines are not only given a fine of uh, three million or mm. sentenced to only five years; they are they should be heavy fines and longer sentences. But even even today, uh, you don't see anyone being held responsible or even being given a three million uh, fine or, or being sentenced for five years as the act recommends. Nothing happens. It's just investigation after investigation and then we don't know, uh, we don't even know where this investigation, uh, whether whether they've been um, uh, have happened or or, or, or or like I said to you uh, Ashraf, is that um, uh, mining companies, where there's a fatality, are quick to see that it's a fall of ground without uh, DMR inspectorate investigating. 
uh, why do you pronounce that it's a fall of ground? So you can see that uh, um, fatalities are not being taken seriously by the government. And, and if fatalities are not being taken seriously by the government, what what is it that that unions uh, like like your union and other unions can do about it um, be, in the same level that you would agitate against you know, low increases or no wage increases? No, definitely, like I said, I've just mentioned Section 52 of the Mine Health and Safety Act that uh, the funds that are are recommended by this act, uh, it's not enough to say that uh, if an owner is one to be negligent, can only be fined three million. Three million is nothing. These people, they can make three million within two hours. I mean, uh, five years, the, the, the act recommends five years. Uh, five years is nothing when it comes to fatality. We want to see longer sentences and easy fines. Uh, that is why we we, call, we called for this uh, Section 92 of the Mine Health and Safety Act to be amended so that those who are found to be negligent when it comes to fatalities are arrested, prosecuted, and sent to jail for a longer period and be, or be given heavy fines, not not only three million asra. Okay, there's more to come. I welcome your calls, people listening in. What, what do you feel? You listening in? We're talking about mining. We're talking about the the ongoing negotiations for, uh, in this case, miners, but underground employees specifically. That's the one part of it. You may be part. Uh, you may have some thoughts with regard to unions, but in the context of all of that, the bigger issue is just around general mining safety and. Putting one against the other, wages earned versus the risks involved to earn that wage. I mean, if you could, if you could put that on a, on a Gini coefficient way, you know, as, as we talk about uh, rich and poor, how would you com- make that comparison? Um, and that's what we'll talk about. Thank you for your time, uh, Libuani uh, Mamburu. Appreciate your input. The spokesperson for NUM and UM giving us his thoughts uh, regarding mining. We'll take another pick on it, but I want to get your opinion right after this. Wake up with your feel-good breakfast show espresso to get a healthy dose of the most energetic breakfast crew in Mzansi. That's Expresso, weekdays 6 to 9 a.m. on SABC3. The stage is yours. This Thursday evening, catch the presenter search on 3 top billing takeover. Contestants are given a taste of the good life with their very own segment on this flagship magazine show. It's lifestyle TV at its best. Fine dining, celebrity interviews and cutting-edge design. Who will own the spotlight? That's Presenter Search on 3, Thursday at 7.30 on SABC3. At SAFM Radio and at Ashraf Gada on Twitter. All right, let's talk further about the issue of miners and mining safety versus salaries and and whether we can... uh, Look at that ratio, etc. I will get some thoughts on this. In fact, there's a question. How does your guest feel about the uh, 26,000 miners already lost their jobs while the unions and the mining charters still demand more and more from someone called BM? Okay, another take. Hassan Lorgit with us, researcher for advocacy and lobbying at the Benchmarks Foundation. Hassan, as always, good chatting to you. Hello. Uh, 
Thank you for having me, Ashraf. Thank you. So, so you've heard me talking about you know safety versus salary, and what, what, what's your take on this? Yeah, I think it's uh, uh, it's a false choice, Ashraf. It's like uh, you walking down the street in uh, one of our more dangerous suburbs, and someone says your money or your life. You know, I think that uh, it's it's a wrong choice, really. That what we desire as a people, especially post ninety four was not to continue the needless death of poor black people in pursuit of profits or some, because clearly what they get is not worth it. You know, so I can understand it. We all need to live, work, but to live. But clearly I think the choice is wrong. So uh, I don't, I'm not entering the debate like that. And, and, and so, so what, what then is your sense of why, why are these choices wrong? But what has happened around mining, salaries, mining, safety? Yeah, I should first I must apologize for not... Uh, having heard the uh, NUM comrade, that was at okay. another event. Mm-hmm. But it's quite interesting because I've been following the NUM as both a collaborator in the mine, uh, I was in the engineering and metal unions, and I could see the militancy of the NUM in the uh, anti-apartheid struggle, how they managed to merge the union struggle for democracy. And, and the current president of the country was vociferous in his opposition to mine death and worked very, very hard. It's a big irony now that he's president, the mine deaths escalate. 26 or in one company. I've made a, a joke uh, or a morbid joke uh, when I was talking at some conferences where I said if anybody held hostage 26 people and uh, used some radical religious slogan or whatever, that person will be shot or jailed or whatever, rapidly so. Uh, uh, one company has killed that many people in a year. And uh, the company is still in some radio station today offering another unemployed engineer a job and really is a, a respectable member of society. You know the Department of Mineral Resources? You must look at their website. In anticipation of your show, I just try to refresh something. Mm-hmm. They, in a section uh, right here, uh, that between 1984 to 2005, more than 11,000 mine workers died in South Africa, Right. In 2003, the death toll in the mining uh, of, for mining accidents was approximately 270 fatalities, right? Uh, and an agreement was reached to reduce fatalities by 20% per annum. Now, now, Ashraf, if something is so dangerous, we need to have a national conversation if this is worth it. They're not getting 12,500 mm-hmm. rand, whatever they demanded as workers. Uh, the mines are very deep and very dangerous. We who work with mining communities, which is our specialization, we're not, uh, we live around the mines. We excluded from the various dispensations that are supposed to protect workers, like the Mine Health and Safety Council. And I've looked at their website. I don't even know whether they've actually discussed uh, the Maricana massacre, but they acknowledge that in since mining uh, took place in this country, there have been probably a hundred disasters. So, they so, have, so have, having said that, ha- having said that, you know, is there a? I mean, in the normal instant, obviously, you want workers to have the best salaries, and that's an ongoing debate across the country, anyway, right? So, so this point that was made earlier on, surely you still want. The, I mean, you don't want the mining industry to shut down. There are inherent risks in the industry uh, because of the nature of what they do. You don't want them to be shut down, do you? Um, uh, do I think what we need to do, and as you are doing, and thank you for that, is to have a national conversation. Uh, 
I know. I raised this with uh, one of the mining executives, Tevelo uh, Chavani, uh, and uh, he said to me, "Listen," and I think I agree with him. He said, uh, "I was complaining about the externalization of costs that the mining sector and others make money because they ship their costs onto us. They put the dirty air, dirty water, polluting our our environment, cracked homes, and people die younger." Uh, uh, around the mines there than people living in the city. Those of us who use cell phones, catalytic converters and others, we are beneficiaries of it. Oh, those in Sweden even live longer because, you know, they can send machinery to do this. Mm, mm, we mm. need to discuss whether this is what our society wants. His response, and I again acknowledge it, was to say, if I regard the externalization of costs, which is endemic to the capitalist system, as being wrong, then clearly I must be unhappy about the road deaths as well. Of course, I'm unhappy about it. We need public transport. We need a fewer roads in the car. So the two don't gel. People should not be driving because it's dangerous to get from one place to the other. There's something wrong in our society. That we die simply to go to work. I mean, a teacher should teacher can't be shot by a jealous lover going to school. Mm, so there, there are things mm. wrong in the society. But death is not the normal thing in our society. People have to die because they're old or sick, right? You can't just die going to All right, so having said that, this, this national debate on mining, mi- what mining safety or, mi- or the mining industry, in fact, is what, you, what you're calling for. So who's, who's going to hear you? You've probably done it already in terms of made the call, right? No, and we continue to, de- to, to do it, Ashraf. And, uh, and uh, in November, there'll be a national, international summit year in the country on extractors hosted by groups like AIDC and others, to get a discussion in a number of other countries. People have, have discussed whether the, the so-called benefits that look good on the GDP and all our numbers actually do well for our people. Is it right, Ashraf, I ask you, knowing your faith and other interests, moral and other considerations, that some people should die so that others can live longer? Is it right that some people should earn peanuts to make sure that others can live a wealthy life. The levels of wealth that some people get, and for the damage that it caused to others, clearly is immoral. There must be a greater discussion. There must be a new national compact. You know, if we're going to live with it, what are the constraints on them? And there are a number of lobby groups. You must hear it on the media. You know you work there. Mm-hmm. When we speak out, they start calling us. We are stigmatizing the, the majors. This is Anthea Jeffries from the South African Institute of Race Relations. So the lobbying for for this, and the truth is, I have said on, on our, or another program on our same station here, mm-hmm. that what happens, that, that it's equally terroristic that some people can be died because of the negligence of, of CEOs. Why aren't the guys in jail? In Canada, this won't be allowed. In other parties, they won't be allowed because regulation is strong. Why are black lives expendable is the question we need to ask. Okay, let's get let's get a call uh, and then we're going to wrap up. Marco from uh, Polokwane, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Ashraf, and, and, and your your guest. Good talking to you. Your what what, yes. what what do you want to raise? Listen, I, I I think those who go into the belly of the earth should be given percentage share. As to how much percent, it should be up up for discussion. But I think those people put their lives at stake. And you know you you cannot you cannot put a price on on a person's life. You understand? So I think they should be given a percentage stake uh, in 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 what maybe their shaft is producing or is capable of producing. 
Okay, got that. That's my take. Let's go that. Thank you. Hassan, you want to just pick up on that? I should have. I mean, he's spoken. You know, you know, you know, I think in Singapore, when I worked with public sector workers, I was surprised to learn that bus drivers got a better pay than even sometimes uh, university people because they carried in the buses those professionals to make sure they arrive safely. You know, so clearly we must have this discussion. The idea that some people must die needlessly simply because, you know, the, the place is not safe enough is it, murder. Let's call it for what it is. And, and, let, and let's if I ra- shoot someone, Ashraf, yeah. I'll go to jail. And let's wrap up on this point, you know, exactly your point that in the societies we live in, and it's not just about mining, why do people have to be prejudiced so that others may gain? How do we change that, that win-lose scenario around? Well, well, for one, we must acknowledge that we're all human, uh, born with innate rights to dignity, equality. The Human Rights Commission put out a report on equality and complained about uh, VAT increases and others hurting the poor and others, and, and our government policies are working against each other sometimes. I say, yeah, we need to have the conversation, and we have not fully healed if we still think that black people are destined to do this, to be uh, expendable. So we need to have the discussion and bring it through. Why is there poor regulation? I, I think in one of the m- many legislations in the world, and I think I read, it is an accident in underground. The CEO has to take responsibility for that. And if there's a minute you do that, the quality will improve. Now, yeah, it looks like there's sometimes a stoppage. No, it can't be a stoppage. Then you find callers. Our families will go there and say, yeah, but we need this. It's good for our economy. They're not dying. You know, yeah. is it moral that some people have to die? Okay. Others let's live let's life? leave it at that because it's a hanging question. Is it moral? Uh, thank you for your time. As always, Hassan Lorget, researcher for advocacy and lobbying at the Benchmarks Foundation. Is it moral that people have to die, people have to suffer, so others may benefit and live? Think about that one there. In the meantime, where the SABC editorial policy draft is now available for final public comments, uh, and that is until the 1st of August. Download your copy. The website is sabc.coza, editorial policy. Uh, and you can also grab a copy at a local SABC office. That means hard copies, right? The deadline then for the submission based upon the draft is the 1st of August. The SABC editorial policy, grab a copy, have your say.